Sit down. Come on. Sit down. We're seven minutes in. No score. Come on. Help turn the juju around. I don't believe in juju, though. Come on, Mr. Excelsior. You want to be positive? Be positive. Sit down. All right. All right. Come on. For a second. I'll watch the beginning of the game. He said you're good luck, honey. What's that in your hand? You see? You see that? You're meant to be here. This is special. Everything happens for a reason. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan looking for a break from the emotional roller coaster that is the price we pay from loving than hating our Browns, then a big welcome to Cleveland Browns Anonymous, a group therapy podcast to help you survive the season. So let's start our meeting. Hi, everybody, all you Browns fans out there. This is Mike Riley with the initial Cleveland Browns Anonymous podcast. And with me is my long-suffering son, Brooke Riley, uh, in his early 30s. Brooke, you want to chime in? Yeah, hi, I'm Brooke, and I'm a suffering Browns fan. Yeah, so let's let's start with Baker under the roller coaster and take a deep dive into what it takes to be a head coach. And I think that's a great starting point, Brooke, is how many times does Baker need to go get thrown under the bus until his head coach uh, steps up and says something publicly, not in the locker room, but publicly. And he should have done that with OBJ's dad. You know, if OBJ doesn't like it, you know, fuck him, excuse the English. But really, I mean, we're here to develop Baker, not just as a superstar quarterback, a lifer, the quarterback of this franchise, but it also involves the emotional Baker. And this is where I think I I watch this guy and, you know, the guy can only be up against the wall so many times before he starts having just a meltdown. And keep in mind, the guy's only 24, 25. 24, fourth head coach in, is this year number four? Yeah. For him? Yeah. We had Freddie Fiasco, Greg, or sorry, Hugh, Greg, Freddie. Well, no, I think, yeah, this is his fourth year, I think. And, you know, a Browns fans look at, we were all hoping. No, I'm not even say hoping. We were expecting that year two under the Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski regime with a healthy Odell, with the O-line, locked in uh, second year with Baker, with the um, Kevin Stavansky, same system, same offensive coordinator, same staff that all we had to do was get the defense going. And then Baker, Baker gets hurt in that Chicago game when he overthrows, you know, the wide receiver. What's that speedster's name that doesn't seem to know how to run his routes correctly. Schwartz Schwartz. He, does, he pulls up, Baker throws him where he's supposed to be, and there you go. It's um, an interception, then Baker hurts his shoulder. It has not been the same Baker after that. I mean, he's had some good performances, but I don't know. I mean, I, I have a feeling that uh, Kevin Stefanski is in a um, in territory head coaching. It's not head coaching 101 where you come in with with your tough and accountable bullshit. It's dealing with stuff that you never had to deal with as an offensive coordinator um, 
or a quarterback. We're talking about dealing with egos, players, emotional psyche, a quarterback gets hurt. I mean, it is clear that Baker is regressing in front of our eyes, literally every game, starting with the, the Patriot game. And, you know, Belichick just not only took Baker to the woodshed, I mean, he took Joe Woods and Kevin Stefanski to the woods woodshed. And I mean, it was embarrassing. And that should have been a wake-up call. And that should have been a wake-up call for Kevin Stefanski to sit Baker down and heal himself and let Case play against the Lions. And that was major mistake number one. Thoughts, Brooke? Yeah, I mean, I keep going back and forth. Is Baker injured and that's why he's playing not well? Or is he just having kind of an off year? Or is this him? Is, or have the defenses, have they figured him out? I think it's a bit of all three. And well, I was watching this really good kind of YouTube video where this fan broke down Drew Brees' first four years in San Diego. And it's almost identical to what Baker has been going through these past four years. Where And I still will stand by this. I think Lamar Jackson, I think he's great now. I don't think it's going to last. For some reason, I just don't trust Josh Allen. He's really good, but I still have this feeling that in four years from now, Baker's going to be the number one guy from that class. Yeah, and I look at, I go back as a Browns fan to 1961-62, I was 10 years old when they won, you know, in 64, shocked the world. I've seen the good, bad, and ugly. I've seen Brian Sipe, um, who I loved, uh, who got thrown under the bus until he emerged, uh, thanks to Sam Ritigliano, took him over, and, and, and Sipe just blossomed. And, of course, people forget. And, and this is, I think, something that if, if, if we want to have an emotional hook to hang our hopes on. I think one thing the Browns have is they finally have an organization. And I want everybody to think about this. We have not had an organization connected top to bottom since the days of Blanton Collier, when he took over from Paul Brown, because Blanton Collier needed to take over from Paul Brown. The guy was fossilizing in front of his, eyes. And the Browns had Jim Brown, who was just stuck in Paul Brown's uh, mechanical system. And as soon as Blanton Collier came in and introduced uh, new blocking techniques and, and Jim, you just go where the hole is. I mean, Brown set a record. I think it was like 1800 yards. It was just unheard of. Um, in a 12 game, I think it was 14 games they played. And nobody had ever seen something like that. But three or four years later, a lot of the old Cleveland Brown, uh, Paul Brown people uh, left and retired. And then Modell put his fingers all over the place. He was the one that traded Paul Warfield. And the Browns have been up and down, up and down until Modell left. And even um, Lerner came in, hired a whole string of incompetence, guys that look good on paper. We have finally gotten to a place this year where we have Andrew Barry, 
Kevin Stefanski, Paul DePodesta, a great coaches. And I think what we're, we're seeing is Kevin Stefanski is, he is hitting his sophomore year ceiling. And I think this is truly this buy period. Uh, this is where Andrew Barry and Paul D and the other coaches really need to get together in a room for a day and talk this thing out because I am firmly convinced that Baker needs to sit down and get his head, head straightened out. And that is a, that's a tough call for a, a second year coach because of course, then it, you start thinking about, you know, quarterback controversy, but I think Baker really needs a, a mental health break. What do you think, Brooke? Well, I'm sure that they're discussing a lot of options right now. I mean, like you said, this is the first time since I can remember, since I've been a fan, since I've been alive, where I feel like the head coach, we have a we have a good head coach, we have a great GM. I think the owners have learned to stay out of the way. Um, so they seem like a smart group. So I, I mean it'd yeah, but be here- stupid if they wouldn't, if they aren't talking about all of these options. I think one thing too that people need to remember is five years ago we were 0 and 16. We're six and six now. Yeah. It takes a while to build a culture. And it takes a while. I mean, everyone is so quick to pull the plug out of quarterback if he's having a bad year. I mean, it's my whole thing is hey, let him grow, let him build. If in a year from now, if next year, if he still looks like this, okay, it didn't work out. Yeah, I think, yeah, I I agree with you. But what are we going to do? I mean, it's like, what are our, I mean, are we going to go back and draft someone again? No way. No way. Always works. What, are we going to go out and trade for Russell Wilson? He looked great last night, losing to the Redskins. He looks awful. What are we going to have? What are we going to do, trade for... Aaron Rodgers, who's 38. Yeah, that'd be great for for a year, but then you know, right now Baker is our best option. And you know what? We know Baker can do it. We saw him last year. And I think what we're seeing is the lack of a sophisticated passing attack is really hurting the Browns. I mean, they've got three tight ends. I'm, I'm just boggles my mind when I think about it. Sometimes keep a tight end in, play Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Put Chubb in with Felton. Well, Van Pelt needs to start calling the plays. Exactly, and I think this is where I think this is we where we saw Kevin- that in the Pittsburgh game. And here's the other thing too. Last year, we didn't have any of these stupid offsides, you know, neutral zone. And for, I mean, it's like, I think Stefanski needs to start being less of a play caller and more of a head coach, more of what uh, Jim Harbaugh does. Right, right. When you think of the great coaches, you, you don't see Belichick calling the plays. I mean, look at Sean McVay. He's I was just law. thinking that Sean McVay he is just he's this he's, whiz kid. No, nope. well, and, not, and look, look at that good now. Look at that Super Bowl. Belichick just treated him like a ten-year-old. 
um, in that Super Bowl. The Rams didn't know what they were doing. And I think what happens, I think what happens with everybody, uh, I could say this from my own, you know, I have my own business, um, but I hit some walls along the way uh, and I needed to change. And the NFL is extremely Darwinian where you either adapt or you die. And this is where you see just these whiz kid offensive coordinators, the Pat Shermers, the Eric Manginis, Hugh Jackson, uh, the Hugh Jackson, the quarterback whisperer. I mean, the, the road is littered with the bodies of these offensive. Don't forget Adam Gates, Adam Gates. I mean, you could go on and on and on and on. And there's just a handful of coaches that seem to Andy Reid, Belichick. I think Sean Payton's a, is a good coach who knows how to play with what he has. But I keep going back to what maybe what makes great head coaches is pick a guy who does special teams like Bill Cowher. Because with special teams, you have to learn to adapt your schemes to who you have. But mm-hmm. when you, th- I think Stefanski, and I really feel for the guy. I really like the guy. I love Baker. I, I love that organization. But you, it's almost like you can see he's got that deer in the headlights look about him. Where who Baker? No, Kevin Stefanski. I mean, his last presser. I mean, he's just he's going on and on. Uh, it's we got to coach better. I got to coach better. I got to coach better. I mean, it's almost like Captain Queeg in. For those old enough, you know, to know in the, the Captain Quig in the Kane Mutiny, where he, you know, he's got the marbles and he's looking for the strawberries. I mean, you know, he's cracking up in front of you. And I think what Kevin needs to do is wait a minute. It's not working, Kevin. It's not working. You need an intervention. And hey, we're having a meeting, right, Brooke? It's the Cleveland Browns Anonymous. And it's almost like my higher power just said, uh, intervention for Kevin Stefanski. If you have any comments, questions, topics, things you want us to discuss, anything, you can email us at Anonymous at gmail.com. That's Anonymous at gmail.com. And I think this is where an organization can step in and do an intervention because Stefanski he has got to change that playbook. He's got to play Chubb and Hunt at the same time. Well, who knows? Maybe they are, they've been waiting for this bye week to assess things, assess, you know, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of a bye week. It's not only a physical break, but, you know, it's a check in how things are working, how things aren't working. And they, um, they, and they did very well after. Uh, last year, they, they they're really a smart did. organization. I guarantee you, right now, they are talking about all of these things. Right, and Andrew Barry's the kind of guy who can bring Joe Woods. He's worked with Stefanski. Joe Woods have, has has uh, made his adjustments. It seems he's bringing John Johnson back to his more natural position. Yeah, um, defense is looking better and better. Yeah, you got JOKs playing great. Except for that Patriots game. <laughs> well, you know what? They didn't make the changes. They didn't make the adjustments. And that's always that's always the critical marker of a great head coach. Can you make those changes on the fly? Because what if you can't, then 
I mean, look at Miles Garrett. They're going to start questioning things. We're going into battle here, and our coaches don't know what's going on. They don't know what to do. And I think you can see that uh, probably in Baker. You know, it's help me. Baker's probably saying, help me here. So, I, but I, I remember, Brooke, watching and a couple of weeks ago uh, before we played the Vikings, Minnesota Vikings. And I love going on these podcasts, you know, the Minnesota Viking podcast, all these great fan setups, and they're really good. And they had one guy on who broke down Baker in the film room. And they talked, of course, they talked about the O-line and Chubb and, you know, he's tough to blah, blah, blah. But they said, now, one of the things we've noticed about Baker is he misses these wide open receivers. And he showed a couple of plays the previous game where, you know, Peoples Jones is doing a slant route. The guy is wide open. He's wide open. And they showed a couple more things. And that's what the OBJ's dad was saying. And I think the big question here with, between Baker and Stefanski is, are the coaches seeing that he is missing the, the, the plays that are open? That he's got those jittery feet moving around. He's, he's not pulling the trigger when he needs to. You know, the, the good Baker would against the Steelers last year. Maybe that's Van Pelt. But if he's missing these players that are open, you need to sit him down for his own good. And you need to play Case Keenum. You know, I wonder too, just jumping on this is, I wonder if Baker is the right quarterback for Stefanski's system. Because when we drafted Baker, I remember watching him at Oklahoma you know, when he played Ohio State and he played this great game against Oklahoma State and Baylor. I mean, this dude was a baller. 400 yards, 450 yards, four touchdowns, five touchdowns. I wonder if he's been kind of, I don't know, his natural instincts has, as a quarterback have been affected because Stefanski's scheme is just, it is run heavy. It's run heavy. It's run heavy. Well, and I wonder sometimes if Baker would do better. And I know I'm not the only person who thinks this because I went on Bleacher Report before I hopped on here. And on the community thread, there were a lot of people who had brought that up where that's, you know, kind of, I wish he could just ball out, you know, I just wish he could, it would do a lot for, I think, his ego. And then secondly, you know, when you said Donovan Peoples, Jerk Jones was running the slant and he looked wide open. I remember I was listening to 92.3 The Fan when OBJ's dad posted or reposted that stupid video. And I forget who, who it was. It was some ESPN NFL former player. And he said, you know what? You could pause any video at any time and there's going to be two other receivers who are going to be wide open. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you could edit, make yourself look out to be a superstar or make yourself look out to be a total bust. I, I understand that. I think what's what's fascinating about this is there is no question it's not working. Starting with the Patriots game and, and hints and rumors of that prior to that. I mean, the Pittsburgh game, the St. Louis Cardinals game. I mean, they just looked the Texans out of the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they didn't look like the Browns of the second half of last year. I think everybody was was so excited about this year because I wasn't. Uh, well, okay, well, <laughs> well, I was more skeptical. Okay, well, I'm. I was know. a lot more skeptical because I just had this feeling that you know what, fans are going to be back in the stadiums. Uh, second year with Stefanski, a lot of pressure between Baker and Odell. I thought that the Bengals and I called it were going to be really good, and they're a pretty good team. The division is insanely hard, so I was a lot more skeptical. I didn't think Baker would look this bad though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, he, he sure looked great in the second half of last year. I remember that Ravens game. This was on uh, Monday night mm-hmm. football. Yeah, it was one of the best Monday games. It was, they, they were saying it was the best game of the year. I mean, Baker was balling. He was out there. He was throwing the hunt. He was, he ran a touchdown in and it was our defense. Everybody thought with John Johnson, and Troy Hill and Clowney and JOK coming in and, you know, a, a rebuilt defensive line. Greg Newsom. Oh, Greg Newsom. Okay, we, we're doing to the defense what we did to the O-line, you know, last year with Conklin and Jed Wills and whatever. But we didn't – nobody was prepared for what we're seeing this year in terms of the um, – just the – uh, bipolarness of the Browns, the Chargers game, the Chiefs game. And then, of course, when they need to produce, like the Chiefs' last drive, the Chargers' last drive, I mean, it is papless, which begs the question is Stefanski's play calling getting too predictable? Because by the time you're in that fourth quarter, he may be out of bullets in terms of all, calling. All you have to do is watch the Ravens game on Monday? The answer is yes. The Ravens knew exactly what Stefanski was going to do. I mean, look, I, they're not going to make the playoffs, the Browns. They got nothing to lose but to give Alex Van Pelt the offense and just roll with it. Well, you know, the big question, unfortunately, for Browns fans, this is where we get into the emotional Browns Anonymous, where we've got to say our prayers and read our book, whatever, to keep an even keel is the question is, is Stefanski the long-term coach? Yeah. Can he, can he, can no, he don't go there? Well, he no, is. no, no. I mean, I don't, Hey, I do not want to go down coaching carousels here. We got but the this, GM. We got the coach. Well, I think we have the quarterback. Well, I think the most, one of the most important games coming up, the most important game of the season is that second Baltimore game. Because we're going to see whether they have made any kind of adjustments to what's going on. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hey, look at our O-line against the Chiefs um, had two two replacement players. They had Hans replacing Wills, and Conklin was out. And they were running the ball. And I think we can all agree that the upcoming draft, I think our number one pick is going to be some Richard Higgins with the uh, Schwartz speed level. Well, what I would do is go after CD lamb. I would trade two first round picks for him. Cause he was Baker's boy at Oklahoma. Yeah. 
Yeah, do like, what the Bengals did with Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Get Baker. someone who Baker is comfortable with, who can catch the ball and who's super fast. Well, this is where we get into analytics. Are we too analytics heavy? Are we missing, you know, we're so far down into the weeds that we're missing the forest. And the forest is where, you know, a good forest question is Richard Higgins. Baker's emotional guy, the guy he looked to if he if Landry wasn't there, the guy that always seemed to find a way to to find that seam in the zone, whatever. I mean, why is this guy going through the Freddie Kitchen's doghouse? I mean, that is another big mystery to, to Baker or Higgins? No, Higgins. I don't know. I mean, why he signed they... a one-year deal? He's he's not staying here. Well, he's probably like whatever, you know. All right. I think they got. I think they got their eye, and he's my guy. Is DPJ? That guy has wide receiver one talent. He's big. He's fast. He can catch the ball. He's in his second year. I have a feeling DPJ in year three, year four, he's gonna ball out. Well, he should be a health, healthy DPJ against that, against the Ravens. And you know what? It's just staggering when you think about it. The Ravens, what? They rank 30th on pass defense. I mean, they've got replacement-level players in the secondary. The Ratbirds. That's what you need to call them, not the yeah. Ravens. Yeah. But uh, so, all right, folks. Well, thanks for hanging in to us for our uh, premier Cleveland Browns anonymous podcast we'll have something coming up uh in the week weekend as we uh get more tidbits coming out of uh berea so and brooke thanks for being on our initial uh podcast yeah enjoy your sunday this sunday i think we're all gonna i think we're gonna really enjoy this sunday with not having to what do i do not watch the game tape it check my phone do i watch the game Yeah. uh, So I don't have to go through that. So that's going to be good. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be seeing you in a couple of days. All right. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Browns Anonymous podcast with Mike Riley. We have a lot more content on the way as we get this new podcast started. You can also check out some of our other podcasts like the Cleveland Real Estate Investor podcast and other new ones that will start soon. On any platform that you find yourself listening to us on, feel free to leave us a like or comment or follow us. It always helps.